yet another season preview. Aren't you sick of us? I'm sick of my voice. I'm, right? I'm sick of us as well, to be fair. Yeah, I think I'm going to say sick of my voice. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> cheeky, cheeky bugger. Uh, anyway, uh, we're headed all the way down south uh, today, and uh, we, we're giving Southampton the season preview treatment. Uh, but my name is Sam, and joining me, as always, it's got to be done, is my ever-present podcasting partner, Alex. How are you doing? Jumped, you exhausted jumped, yet? Or I am a little bit. I jumped in a bit early again. I did that on the uh, on the Palace one. I did it again, so... For the next one, I want to promise. We've uh, we've got the returning guest today. Yes, uh, from the perspective podcast. And I'll, I'll leave you to it because I messed it up last time, didn't I? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I got he the did. name wrong. I know your name, obviously, but you know, <laughs> just in we've case. Got, from the perspective podcast, good friend of the podcast, Omar Garrick. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you for having me on again. That's um, all right. Thanks for coming really back. Thanks for coming back, mate. Yeah, yeah. no worries. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So, um, Saints, uh, what are your overriding thoughts? going into the season about Southampton. I think with Southampton, okay, let's judge it from the transfer window first off. I think there's been a lot of outgoings. Um, The particular big ones were Ryan Bertrand, he's gone on a free to Leicester. Um, Mario Lamina, he's gone to Nice for an undisclosed fee. Angus Gunn, uh, the keeper, he's gone to Norwich City, which I think is actually a good sign for Norwich. I think they've done some really good business. Um, But... They Southampton have you know brought in a couple of good players. I think Roman Peru uh, is the b- replacement for Ryan Bertrand. He played for I think it was uh, Stade Brest or yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, so he signed for about ten million euros, and I think he got I think he got about three goals and about seven assists from left backs, which is pretty good going. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he can do. But also as well, I think. Um, uh, there was this Chelsea player that Samson signed called uh, Danel Simiou. He's um, an under-19 England international, um, signed for about one and a half million pounds. And just speaking to some of the Chelsea supporters that I know, that they say he's a real, real talent um, and, and he could thrive. Uh, but I think, I think part of the problem with Southampton's recruitment, in a sense, is that they don't have as much money compared to... A lot of the teams around where you consider them in their position. I mean, look at Crystal Palace's business this summer. It's been absolutely sensational. Yeah. I think I think they're going to be uh, real stars going into the season. Um, but Sounds have got some good players. I think I think I think the one big one is the Danny Ing situation, which is still a bit unresolved. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, but if they can keep him. Then I think they might be all right. I think they will do well. And I mean, Hassan Hutter, I think he's I think he's a brilliant player. So, I mean, brilliant manager. So um that that's how I see it so far at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you to be fair. I really I can't see many scenarios where Southampton go down. No. I can't I can't see it. I, I think they got too much quality. Yeah. So they they were fifteenth last year, weren't they? So Yeah, the fifteenth. Um <laughs> The thing is, the thing is, there was a massive drop off in the second half of the season, and I think a lot of that was to do with the players just running out of steam, running out of energy. Because if you see the way Ralph Hasenhutz plays, he's um well, he's got the nickname of being the Austrian Klopp um, mm. because yeah, it's that press, press in football, isn't yeah, it? yeah. Gergen press is what they call it. Um, and I think it, I mean, towards the first half of the season, Southampton were absolutely sensational. In the top half of the table, they were on a brilliant winning streak um, near the top four, I think, um, at one point. So I think the key for Southampton's success is maybe keeping up the stamina and keeping up the energy throughout the season because Hassan Hootel requires a lot from 
all of his players. I think that will be the key to Southampton's success this season. I do. Mm, yeah, I look at I look Sleepy. I look through the squad though. I think there's a lot of quality there. I think Vestergaard is a far better player, having been at the Euros as well. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I was I was going to pick him. I was going to say Yannick Vestergaard is one of those players that you you can see like he's almost like the Southampton Van Dyke. Well, I mean you know Van Dyke was yeah. the Southampton, but yeah. uh, he's like sort of that reincarnation of Van Dyke that I think Southampton needed just to like solidify the defense. Massive yeah, I think as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a big boy, isn't he? About six foot four, I think. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Vestergaard is one player that I think could surprise a few this season. And also another one that I really like the look of is Carl Walker-Peters. Yeah. I think he um, really, his role was very undeserved. Well, not undeserved, but it went very unnoticed kind of uh, last season. Obviously, Southampton fans kind of knew what he was about, but I don't think it, many expected him to kind of put in the performances that he did at right back. Um, and when he did get injured, he was a big miss. Um, so I think he could surprise a few this season, to be honest, Carl Walker-Peters, if he keeps his fitness up. Um, uh, but in terms of the midfield, I mean, James Ward-Prowse for me, I think he should have gone to the Euros personally. Yeah. Do, you um, think, do you think though, looking, because I see it that, I think it's probably benefited Southampton that he didn't go to the Euros. Oh, if, yeah, he, yeah. if he'd gone to the Euros and had presumably the kind of summer that Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips had had, because he would have been playing in similar sort of roles um, or positions rather than roles, hmm. um, they, there would be real, real, a real, real possibility that Saints could lose him to a, to a bigger club. And now I, I think he's, I mean, he's staying, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely stay. And I think the way to get the best out of, um, Wall Prowse is probably playing him in more of that advanced position rather than that box to box role. Because if you see him, he's got so much creativity about him. He's got assists in him. He's got probably one, arguably the best delivery in the Premier League, um, probably just behind Kevin De Bruyne, I would say, um, in terms of technical ability. Um, so I think he could be a key player, but I, I'll come back to this again. The Danny Ng situation, I think, needs to be solved instantly because. I don't think so. I've got. I don't like saying Southampton would go down, but I think if they don't go into that season without Danny Ings and without a striker or without someone coming in, then I think they could really, really struggle. Because yeah. I just don't do not do you not feel that Shea Adams is an adequate replacement for him. Shea Adams is a good replacement. I think he had his best. He had a really good season last season. Well, better than his debut season when he when he came in from Birmingham, but. I still think you need a backup strike if, if especially if Danny Ings goes, because if you've only got that one extra option, then sometimes the goals may dry out. And as we've seen from Shea Adams, well, judging it so far, I don't think you can truly rely on him as a reliable goal scorer compared to the likes Danny, of Ings. Yeah. Um, because Ings, I mean, he was getting about over 15 goals a season in, in, in I think it was in his last three seasons or something, which is just absolutely sensational. So I still think you, they... Southampton will need a backup um, if Danny Ings left, but I think I think with Ings, I think the thing is he's waiting. He doesn't want to sign a new deal because I think he's waiting for one of the top six clubs to come in for him because there's an appetite from at the moment from Chelsea, from Manchester City. You can even argue United really for wanting a backup striker, for needing a backup striker. And you've seen with the likes of Erling Haaland and um, Harry Kane, I think they're being priced out of a move. Yeah. So I think Danny Ings, I mean, he ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of Premier League um, clubs. So that's one area which I would be concerned about, yeah. I struggle to see where 
the sort of fear factor for the opposition comes in if Ings goes. Theo um, Walker, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he signed permanently now, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he signed on a permanent deal, year. which I thought was um I thought that was a good deal to be fair to do. I thought he was o- he was okay last season. Um I wouldn't say he was amazing, but maybe now he's there permanently, he may he may play with it play with his heart on his sleeve. Um so but we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's an interesting one, Theo Walker. It can, it's touch and go, as I like to say. Touch and go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like Walcott's gonna be one of them players who's just his experience is just invaluable as well. Like, you know, he, he'll be big in the uh, in the in the dressing room, and I think that's a large part of why they've brought him back. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he'll play regularly? Like, because he, he he wasn't massively S- regular, semi-regular though. Yeah. Semi-regular. I think, yeah, he he'll come in because he's. I think he's about 32, 33 years of age mm-hmm. now. So I don't think you can expect a player of that age to play every single game because the Premier League is, I just think for the last, I don't know, what, three or four seasons, I think the intensity has just up, gone up a level. Like Particularly in, with, like you said, Hassan Huttles. Um, yeah, exactly. With all oh. the, yeah, exactly. But um, with all the kind of managers that we see in the Premier League now, with Clark Guardiola, Hassan Huttel, I mean, I'd even say, well, Thomas Tuchel now as well. He likes to play on, on the front foot with the press as well, even though he does play with the back three. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think he'll be able to play every game. I think a lot of Southampton's youth academy system will be relied upon this season, especially if they don't get more recruitment in. Um, but I still think I still think there needs to be a... a I still think there needs to be another fullback in there for for a bit of depth. I think Hassan Hootel said he needed he wanted a number six in there as well, um, kind of to offer some depth for Oriol Romeo, um, because I think Romeo is the only real number six that there is available for Southampton. And it's, when you're playing on the front foot, you need that defensive stability, you need that sort of midfielder to kind of help the back four. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think, yeah, the defence needs to get get a bit sorted. I think, yeah, they need a midfielder and depending on the Danny Ning situation, I think they need a striker, but it remains to be seen whether that all happens. <laughs> mm. I get, we were, we were chatting with, um with, with uh, our Crystal Palace fan, uh, DR, and um, it strikes me the similar thing. Uh, the first five fixtures for Southampton, Everton, United, Newcastle, West Ham, City. Not that, easy. No, it's not easy at all. Not easy, and I, but you can look at it either one or two ways. You can either look at it and be positive and say, well, if you get out of that five, then you've got a decent run in near a very tight December period. And December is either where you either stay up or you go down. I think that's that's what makes it, really. I think a lot of the relegation battles you've seen in recent times have been decided in that period. The same with title races as well. I think December is such a crucial time in the season because there's so many games and it's such a congested fixture list. Um, so if Southampton can get through that, those five games, uh, as you said, I mean, they surprised a few last season. I mean, if they start as well as they did last season, then who knows what could happen? Who knows? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I do have... It's a tricky one. I have a bit of confidence, but at the same time, no. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, you just never know with the Premier League, and you never yeah. know with you know whether who can upset who. Um, 
games are just so hard in the Premier League. I, I, I always say that. Truth but, be told, sorry, I just don't enjoy The only fixture I would say would be 100% dead, so it would be the Man City one. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 99% yeah. sure I can't see Southampton winning that one. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're not easy fixtures. United, not an easy fixture. Everton, you know, not easy. Newcastle, probably a bit easier. But even West Ham, I don't, I don't think West Ham are a very easy fixture anymore, you know, either. No. But I'm I don't think they're impossible. How they, how they turn up this year, the West Ham. Yeah. Could they, could they suffer so. a little bit from sort of the backwash of last season? I don't know. Like I wouldn't Wolves want to say. Did. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot. I think also as well, what you've seen with the big clubs, this has been a bit of a weird pre-season in the sense that a lot of people have had kind of different holiday periods because of the Euros. And I think you see a lot with the top six clubs, they're playing a lot of their under-19s, kind of like their second teams. Um, so when they actually get their all of their first-team players together... I think it would be around about the start of the season and you, who knows how they're going to gel together? Who knows what their fitness is going to be like? I think you have to really take that into account. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see because I think it also depends on which players are available and um, how fit and firing they are. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a 15th finish last year. Uh, can you give us your exclusive perspective podcast prediction? The three P's that was that was that rolled off the tongue beautifully. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Southampton eleventh. I'd say um, decent. I think that'd be a decent season. I think that'd be. I think Southampton fans will be happy with that. To be honest with you, um, considering the budget, considering the constraints they have from Gao Shi, uh, Sheng and and his board, um, because he hardly spends but any money. So. And I think, I think they will. I'm going to say they're going to finish above Wolves. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but Bruno Large, he's a new manager from the Portuguese league. Um, I think Wolves. I think Wolves and Southampton are going to be very close with each other because Southampton don't really have as much money as Wolves do. But I think Wolves are going to take some time adjusting to Bruno Large's ways because he likes to play on the front foot, apparently. Uh, and then, and I don't think they've been used to that under Nuno because you know he's he likes to sit back, very you know, defensive, yeah, very yeah. defensive. Um, so I'm going to go 11th, Southampton. Lovely. Can I just say thank you for um, telling me how to say Bruno Lager's name because we've got a Wolves, <laughs> we've got a Wolves one next week, and I was fully prepared to go in and call him Bruno Lager. Lager. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that, Omar. Cheers. No uh, <laughs> um, just quickly before we go. Um, could you pick out your Southampton player to watch this season? Southampton player to watch. I'm going to go Carl Walker-Peters. Um, I think Carl Walker-Peters. Yeah. Um, he could surprise a few because I just think he's got a lot of good qualities as a fullback. Um, I saw a lot of him last season. And I was very impressed every time he played. So um, Carl Walker-Peters is the one for me, yeah. The thing that strikes me about Walker Peters is he's a small, he's a small player, like in stature wise. Yeah, but he he defends really well as well. Defends as going really forward. well. Yeah, yeah, gets back a bit as well. He reminds me, he's got like obviously not as good as Wan Bissaka, but his tackling is very similar to Wan Bissaka yeah. in the sense that he cut, he can cut, he can get his legs stuck around uh, an oppositional player's legs, um, and he and he does that exceptionally. And I also think. He's got that kind of um, agility, kind of like a Tariq Lamptey. Um, he, I was about to say Tariq Lamptey. Yeah. He, he yeah. reminds me quite a lot. 
And yeah. I, you know, I would have, I would have picked Kai Walker Peters. Mine, even Yannick Vestergaard as well. Like, you know, Plato. I know, my, mine a pretty was, good um, season. Go on, sorry. No, I was just gonna I, say he had a good season last year, but I'd like to see him have an even better one. There we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine was um the new the new boy Romain Perot. Is that what you're I, saying? Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what he could be like because I've his read stats... a lot of really good things about him as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so far, his stats have been. His stats are well. His stats are very, very impressively good. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, kind of go on this logic that oh yeah, just because we're the Premier League, it doesn't mean you know, like people are going to have to adjust and stuff. But I think we've seen with players such as Ruben Diaz as well. I don't think we can be elitist um, with Premier League football. I think there's plenty of good players abroad. Um, on a continental level as well. And I don't think we can be like that. I think obviously it will take a bit of time adjusting to the physicality of the Premier League, but I don't think you can rule players out like that now. So yeah, I, I agree. I think he could be a really interesting watch this season. There we are. Well, that brings us to the end of our Southampton season preview. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Omar, for joining us. Uh, do you want to do you want to spend spend a minute um plug in your podcast tell people where they can find you <laughs> yeah so you can just follow follow the perspective podcast um it's at perspective pod underscore uh, hopefully we have um some brand new content coming up for for the, the upcoming season so yeah just, ch- just tune in to us yeah lovely stuff awesome um, thank you so much yeah no thanks worries. for joining us again and uh we'll see you very soon for the man united uh season preview yeah, no I say very soon. We're recording it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The purposes of this, uh, you know, I was going, I was going for some movie magic kind of thing there, but now we'll see you in a minute. But um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, another one down. Uh, I don't know how many to go. Something like thirteen, maybe twelve, eleven, something like that. Um, I'm not more like, maths, mate. Down. More yeah, maths. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll uh, we'll catch you soon. It's all right. Take see care. You.